Okay, here we are. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going back to our old setup, and I tried to reconfigure it, so hopefully it won't give us issues. Yeah, we're not not sharing a mic this time. No, so the sound quality should be a little better, just a (laughs) little bit better. (laughs) Yeah, it would be kind of nice, wouldn't it? So... I, we have had Asher staying with us every night since Sydney had her surgery and yeah, she had surgery last weekend. And so we've been, you know, eyeballs deep in, you know, taking care of Asher because he can't touch her or anything right now. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, we're we're a little tired. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, am so glad I did this when I was young and because my body is feeling it. <laughs> right. Well, this morning uh, I was mentioning to Sid how we just need to get a like a, a decent night's sleep. And she, and she looks at me and she says, now you know how I feel. <laughs> oh, did you throw that back in her face? I said, oh, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> I said, I knew how you feel 24 years ago. When I had my own children (laughs) and she's, you know, like, uh, that it kind of went from there. So (laughs) we, we maintained, uh, smiles on our faces, but, uh, yeah, no, it's a lot different when you're, you know, 40 something. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's actually been sleeping in our bed with us because, if he, because we're downstairs and yeah. Sydney and Asher's rooms are upstairs. And if he slept upstairs and got up in the middle of the night and tried to find her, he could hurt her. Right. So we had to just remove him altogether. So we put him <laughs> with us and just thought, oh, we'll just make it fun. You're having a sleepover with us. Yeah. Well, now he's for sick. a week straight. And- yeah. And he's counting. coughing and yeah. So I'm probably so I'm a, I'm a little stuffy today because yeah. I think I'm picking up whatever he got. So all that good stuff. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, what are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> I am going to guess by the look of it because I didn't make it. It's a gin and tonic because that job. is what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I just figured <laughs> this is one of those just old favorites. Yeah. <laughs> times. When, uh, yeah, when we just need to have an old favorite. So. Yeah. So cheers. Cheers to, to you. Grandparenting. That's, yes. Yeah. Oh, the secret's out. We're grandparents and now we're not interesting. Yeah. <laughs> because we're grandparents. That's right. Um, there's, uh, man, there's been a lot of stuff going on in, like, not just in our personal lives, but like in the news and. You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's um, the, you know, we we're catching up on elections that happened this last week and and seeing that uh, that uh, like there's been this whole shift again and in, in the, the couple of states that held, uh, you know, like Senate votes and or not Senate. Was it Senate votes? Governors. Yeah, I think so. Governors. Yeah, and then there was. Yeah. Into like a like basically a Republican sweep again. And it's like, God, you know, we if we if we do anything in this country, it's pendulum swings, right? Yeah. Um, just, well, we're just smashing so back polarized. and forth. Oh, we're just so man. polarized between two parties and a couple of core issues. Yeah. And um, 
people can't really get out of those core issues to look at things a little bit more holistically. Right, right. So you either campaign on one issue or two primary issues, or you're voting on one or two issues. So right. I don't know. I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I've been over it for a while, but... Yeah, yeah. I know. I know we're we're not in a good place as a country, and um, we haven't been for a long time. But what that looks like long term, um, I don't. I mean, I don't know what the answers are um, right. politically, but um, I'm trying to figure out what the answers are uh, in my own world, right. you know, my own community. Yeah, yeah. So. I was uh, um, drive. I was out driving today, and I pulled up behind this pickup, you know, this big white pickup and uh, covered in bumper stickers on the back. And there was, you know, Trump 2020 and Trump 2024 stickers. There were the stickers of just like the AR-15, you know, machine gun. (laughs) He had a a sticker that said, white trucks matter. I saw one yesterday that said... um Gun rights matter. Yeah, gun rights matter. And I'm just right? like, you asshole. Well, that is such a, a and this dog is what I this is what I kind of yeah yeah. And I, <laughs> it, it like struck me. I was like, okay, here's the deal. If I were to if I were to meet this person, they are either they're uneducated. Was They're, it a big truck? I just want to know if it's a big truck. Well, yeah, it was a lot. big truck. Well, yeah. then the real issue is a little dick. <laughs> right. Okay. There, there's, the, there's the whole little dick thing, <laughs> I, which I, I imagine is a real thing, you know, <laughs> overcompensating. Because you wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think. <laughs> I just gave you that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I owe you one. <laughs> so, yeah, wait, what do I, what, however you want to take that, I'm fine with it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. That's right. This That's one right. was my fault. I, I digressed us rarely. Uh, well, we, were, we weren't in any kind of serious conversation anyway. No, we weren't. I was just going to hypothesize <laughs> on the, the mental state of this person. So, uh, no, but it did strike me. I was like, okay, you're either, you're either ignorant uh, because they have a bumper sticker. Listen, can I finish my whole thought? Okay, I'm here? trying to follow your thought. <laughs> well, you can't follow it if I don't say it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, they're either ignorant, they're uneducated, or they're a racist based on just what I saw of, mm. of their bump- bumper stickers there. Okay. Now they might be more than one of those things. They might be, racist and uneducated and ignorant. I mean they can be they could be more than one of those things, mm-hmm. but what they cannot be is none of those things. Because when you take something like and and this honestly this doesn't have to do with the the Trump stickers so much as it had to do and it didn't even have to do with the gun sticker. It was the white trucks matter sticker yeah. that that makes me come to that conclusion. Because <clears throat> Yeah. You either are uneducated about what the Black Lives Matter movement really is. Which I think a lot of people actually are. Sure. You are ignorant of what the Black Lives Matter movement is, and you're kind of assuming that it's something else. 
Okay. I don't. I think that's uneducated. I think ignorant is. I don't know what it is. They know enough of what it is to put a bumper sticker that has a, another thing. Yeah, but there's a there's willful ignorance too. There's like there's a there's a possibility of understanding what something is and choosing to you know choosing to believe that it's something else being wrong about that, which makes them ignorant of what it actually is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which I would probably find this guy more in that class because he's referencing it, saying he has some kind of knowledge that it exists, but just a a complete lack of understanding yeah. of what it, the movement is about. Or he's just a fucking racist. And so he he's educated about it. He understands the movement. He He gets it all the way through. And he's just choosing to be a fucking asshole. Right. Well, and so, but what he can't be is he, he, he can't be none of those things. Um, you can't have, you know, hang something like that on your vehicle, make a statement like that publicly on your vehicle, thinking you're funny or whatever else. And then say, Oh, well, you know, I just, I just didn't know, you know, um, well, actually that was, you know, that would be the ignorance or the uneducated part or to say, no, I know exactly what it's about. I just wholeheartedly disagree with the movement. And also I'm not a racist, you know, <laughs> I mean, you just, those, that's the, a thing. those things wouldn't, they, they cannot go, go together, together on this issue. Yeah. Um, this is actually part of a, a, a larger conversation that I've been paying attention to lately. That's, that's kind of being had. And that is the the place that uh, comedians have in society, right? Oh, okay. Um, because a lot of times comedians make statements that are misogynistic, homophobic, mm-hmm. racist, right. you know, <laughs> on sexist, you right. know, on and on and on and on. And the whole thing is, is that when people react and say we're offended by that, then the, the comedic world rises up and says, you don't understand comedy then because comedy is supposed to be uh, a satire, a satire, calling things to light, saying things as you know, they are, or as they're perceived to be either ironically or unironically, right? All those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. And so if you're offended by comedy, then the problem is with you. The problem isn't with the comedy world. And there's a surprisingly small amount of pushback on that idea. And and so I'm sitting listening to it. I'm going, on, on one hand, I kind of get what they're saying. And on the other hand, I'm going, okay, does that mean there's no line then? Yeah. You know, and it's this, so at what point... Do and, and then who else is allowed to make those same kind of statements? But just because they're not a professional comedian, are they all of a sudden they're held responsible because they're not a professional comedian? But if you're a professional comedian, then you can say those things, or can you just say, I don't know, I was just making a joke, I was just kidding, you know? Well, I, I think about the um the collective response to that. So we've been to a few comedy shows. Yeah. Some of them are incredibly awkward. Some of them are really funny and you just get lost in the moment. You forget you're sitting there and you're just really enjoying the comedy, right? 
Um, but I have learned in a very short tour of comedy shows that you do not choose the front table. <laughs> right. You will get called out. Right. And, you will become part of the if, act. <laughs> if there's some sexual tone to that comedy show. You will be sexualized. Yes. <laughs> right. So, um, but that aside, when experiencing something, particularly on a live um, yeah. experience, even if it's on TV, I think we could say that even if you're watching it on TV, yeah, that when a con- uh, a joke is dropped and the audience responds in laughter, then you have this collective um, experience of needing to laugh along. Right. Whether you are offended or not, whether you have processed what that means and you have decided that it is satire calling out uh, right, wrong, right, right. or it's just somebody making a joke about something they shouldn't be making a joke about, you don't right. have time to process that as an audience member. So you are caught up in the laughter and the re- that response. So what does that do to us collectively when we continue to laugh at these things, but don't actually sit at a table and have a serious discussion on how we change these things. Yeah. You, so you, you don't. It doesn't happen. And then, do you, um, do you become complicit, right, in the racism or the misogyny or whatever? If it is that, or are you, you know? complicit in the satire? Like, which is it? Right. I think it's and actually then, very confusing. If I if I laugh at something that would be considered inappropriate anywhere else, am I now uh, giving it credence? Am I now participating in this th- mm-hmm. thing? Okay, well, let's say that we say no, none, none of that is true. Okay, well, then if I'm at work the next day and I'm talking to my buddy about, you know, oh, we went and saw so-and-so at the Spokane Comedy Club last night. They were hilarious. They told this one joke where they said, you know, okay, uh, am I, is that now wrong? Yeah, <laughs> you know? your delivery of it may not fly either. <laughs> you know, and because now I'm in the workplace, it well, yeah. then it, does that mean yeah. that, it, so this starts to like, like for me, it's like, it just starts to unravel all of these things. And I don't have a position on this right now. This is just like, like you start pulling at this thread and, and where do you stop? Right. Of like, you know, (laughs) this goes back to, I think our, our, uh, evangelical upbringings Mm -hmm. of, you know, right is right and wrong is wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's either, it's either right or it's wrong. And there is nothing in between. There's no right. such thing as gray areas, you know? Yeah. There's no such thing as, you know, whatever else, right? And so, um, and you, list, you like, you, you start these conversations and you start to go, yeah, I don't know how you could possibly have a position that you could justifiably, um, and I think intelligently back up too. I think there's, there's just, way too much in in this in this kind of conversation. Yeah. Which to me then just opens up for okay, well then what about other discourse that's that's not in a comedic sense. You know, let you know you and I were were talking about something earlier that we were saying 
it's a topic that that we said we you know we'll we talk about pretty much whatever we want to talk about on sacred spaces. Mm-hmm. But there are some things that we're like, we shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> you know, yeah. we shouldn't talk about that because it would be not because we would have a jaded or a you know a a one sided position or because you know it, I'm not. You know, not not because of any of that kind of stuff, but because I'd be afraid of where we would land, or it. I think it's even more just about the, the public processing of it. Yeah, could get held against you in sound bites. Yes, and so we're like, we can't process this one on a podcast because, because there's there's too much space there for things to be taken out yeah. of context. Right. right, the the whole soundbite thing, which then you know runs me back to. You know, so many others that have been uh, canceled, you know, uh, because of a soundbite or because of, of something that said politicians that get canceled all the time because of sound bites and all that kind of stuff. Now, some of them, I'm glad they got canceled. Yeah. Some of them, I'm like, I'm like, that's fantastic. You know, that guy's a dick. I'm, I'm so glad that that co- they, he got caught with that, you know. But if, but if we step away from the emotions of all of it and the personal opinions and all that kind of stuff, it's like it's a we do live in a world where we're not sure what we can actually talk about all the time. Yeah, you you and I were discussing it kind of in light of that. It, this is a little um, the part that we can talk about. You know, we see a lot of conversation around um, those who have left evangelical Christianity right? and sharing their experience, sharing their opinions, sharing their new doctrinal path, right. wh- whatever space in that that they're in. And um, one of the experiences that many people have moving or questioning any of those belief systems, moving out of or questioning them, is that... Um, there's uh, fear involved. Um, there's risk of relationships. There's risk of attack. There's not a lot of free space yeah. to be able to process um, without having to land immediately on a new belief and back it up. Um, and so s- there's been communities that are built around uh, pe- for people to discuss these things. And one of the things that we're noticing is that some of these communities are just doing the same thing that was happening within the church. They just have moved it to a new platform with a new name. So, for instance, um, somebody wants to process uh, a thought, I did this or I experienced this or I went to this, you know, spiritual practice or whatever, and then they get hounded on this platform for... Doing it wrong. Doing it wrong. And it's like, <laughs> I think this is the whole point of this, right. is that we're stepping away from that dogmatic answer of how right. we're supposed to do this, right. and we're giving ourselves freedom to figure <clears throat> it out, and yet you're imprisoning the experience of education and learning and transformation by holding someone to some other standard. Um, yeah. And... And I think we're feeling that in a lot of areas, not just evangelicalism, but um, also in uh, all kinds, of, all kinds of things, um, issues on 
pro-life and pro-choice issues on um socialism and <laughs> other other <laughs> and issues of how communities should be driven um you know all kinds of things that that there aren't very many safe places for the process there's safe places when you have a you've landed on something because then you have a platform to speak out and and hold to that just like you do a religion or the other party you just left. Right. Um, but a space that's safe and helpful in the process, that's uh, that's sad to me that, that we're just still so polarized that we can't actually have healthy conversation and not have it come back and bite you somehow. There's a lot of things I want to process and yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, okay. So one th- without getting into anything, you know, I think about, you know, like myself as a white cisgendered heterosexual middle-class, you know, post-Christian <laughs> person, uh, individual. And I'm like, I I check all of the privilege boxes. And so there's this, like, you know, one of the things that, that I've been processing with you is where is my place now ethically, responsibly, um, and with a view of justice, um, being a, being one who was born into a certain set of privileges that have uh, created a lot of inequities, um, have perpetrated a a lot of injustices in the world, but being an individual who, you know, has not done those things personally, Um, but wanting to be aware, wanting to be a part of the solution and not the problem, all that kind of stuff too. And it's like in, in certain circles, the answer is, well, just the fact that you want to be vocal means you shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, and so there's a, there's a, a, a part for me where I'm like, okay, so I am open to that. I'm open to that. I just don't quite understand it yet. And and I would like to I would like to understand that because of this set of privileges that I was born into does that mean is that is that who I am or is who I am a being that uh that's able to think and process and and have my own dreams and passions and desires and my own, you know, thought processes and all that kind of stuff that, uh, that can, that can be expressed and, and, uh, tested and, you know, <laughs> explored mm-hmm. outside of my set of privileges or is just the, or, or is it that I do damage because, of those things. It, this is like um, this whole idea of who gets a voice and who doesn't nowadays. If you want 
you know, you you go all the way from the person in the in the truck I talked about earlier, mm-hmm. who is demanding their voice, right? Right, has all their set of privileges and feels threatened that someone is saying you should think more deeply about your positions. And his response is, fuck you, here's a bunch of bumper stickers on my truck. (laughs) Um, And so that's one response to it. Fuck you, I'll get louder, more brazen, more, you know, out there, that kind of stuff. Um, Hence the polarization. Right. Right? The other end of things is just to like, Whoa, 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 whoa. Everybody's telling me that I it's time to shut up. I I better go sit down and shut up and be quiet and just because they're I listen, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't wanna I you know, I I have a view of justice. I I want to be a part of the, the solution, not the problem, all that kind of stuff, right? Um and uh and I think those are I actually think those are maybe two different ends of the pendulum swing. Yeah. And I'm I'm saying where is reality in in all of this, right? Where is where is that true position of participating in justice and having a mind for changing systems of oppression and you know all that kind of stuff. I want to because I, I like what if I do have a good idea? You know, that might actually help people. You just tell me and I do it. (laughs) You're right. You're so right. (laughs) You know what? This should just be your podcast. (laughs) I will just sit here and say, "Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm." (laughs) you don't give me anything to banter with. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can say all the wrong things. And then you can correct me. And I'll be like, and then I'll be like, oh, no, you're right. Do you understand what I'm saying, though? Oh, where I it's do like, understand because I've seen you personally struggle with this in in wanting to honor and respect um, all of those who have been marginalized by um, inequality of various kinds. Yeah, and um, and gone to great lengths to understand and to educate yourself, and um, and even in our awakening to the destructiveness within the evangelical Christian community, um, understanding the, the misogynist, misogynistic and patriarchal systems yeah. that are in place there and wanting to move away from that. Um, it does leave you with a, a what now? How do I uh, connect with my community uh, I once had a voice in spaces that I don't currently feel like I know if I can or not. And um, you could jump back into some of those arenas if you wanted to, although they probably wouldn't let you know. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I would have a difficult time yeah. stepping back. <laughs> but you would have a voice. <laughs> right, yeah, you know? sure. Um, I could probably bully my way in, you're right. I know how well, to play that game. I'm, I'm just saying that it's a... It's a role that is available and primed for a white, male, cisgender, heterosexual human. Yeah. And so there are spaces, but they're not the ones that you want. Right. 
and they don't actually honor what it is that you believe about humans. So um, I do think it's a tough space um, to be in right now. Um, I, I come to that question with, um, do no harm. So if anything that we do creates harm to another person, that's, that is a gauge. Am I doing this in love? Um, but I think there's still much that we're learning that we're being made aware of, um, you and I have been processing um, uh, colonization in terms of missionaries, the things that we had experienced as part of our religious culture growing up. We both had done multiple mission trips all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and we look back at those and just go, wow, how awful of us. Right. You know, um, but we led with what we knew, what we were ingrained to understand. Um, I can sit back and go, okay, here's what I take away from that in terms of understanding a culture. But it does make me nervous to travel and yeah. say, hey, I want to I want to go visit this culture. I heard, you know, things about their spiritual practices. It's intriguing but I also want to honor it. I don't want to consume it and walk away. I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful. I definitely am not walking into another culture and say, here's how you should be doing and what you think, what you should be wearing and what you believe. But I think those are all, um, real things for us to be sitting with. And I personally don't feel like I have all the answers and what forward looks like. Um, I know what I don't want to go back to, what I don't want to repeat, and maybe I am just um, respectful and honoring at each step that I take and being willing to learn something new. Oh, that wasn't the right step to take. I'm going to do this different next time. Yeah. But, um, you know, I... I, I see my privilege as well. Um, I also have an internal conflict with the country that I live in that I don't feel very aligned with who it is. Um, and so I am very interested in how other cultures and humans do this thing called life. Yeah. And am I exempt from that because... Of being American, you know, I, I, I that's a, a big question, yeah. but I want to honor that and be very careful as I dive into the world and visit and learn and um, that sort of thing. That is saying that I might actually travel again, but um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I think those are those are real questions that we're all contemplating, and we have a big one on the table right now in America um, in regards to. Um, education and how we are choosing to educate in terms of racism and uh, sex education. Mm -hmm. So these are two big hot buttons in our education system. Um, Books getting banned left and right and all kinds of stuff. Like it's just... Well, and they're getting... Everything's getting turned again into political talking points and just bullshit. Right, right. 
So uh, I think have, it's hard yeah. for the everyday person that we are to know what we actually do with those things and do it in a way that honors the those who are not checking all the boxes of privilege. Yeah. Um, what is what is my ongoing responsibility? Continued education, I know, is one of them. I got to keep learning, keep listening, um, keep paying attention to the voices that do need to be heard. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, is it okay not to have exact answers yet? <laughs> oh, I I think that's <laughs> the point. I think that's the point. the The point is is that you know. I, well, <laughs> um, you know, if I'm allowed to share this opinion, <laughs> I, I think the conversations need to happen. Yeah. To be honest, I'm a little, I'm nervous to ask the questions, right? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm nervous about blowback. I'm nervous about you know saying the wrong thing and. I'm I'm nervous about being misunderstood. I'm nervous all those yeah. things, right? Right. There are no there are no safe environments that I know of to just really ask the hard questions. Yeah. You know. Um I I honestly don't know any. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really thinking. I don't know any environments where where I would feel safe to ask any question. Um, and that might be part of the the point of all this too, is that somebody, you know, somebody could say to me, you shouldn't be asking any question. <laughs> Maybe, well, does, is that a thing then where there are some questions that are off limits, you know? Well, that takes me straight back to my evangelical yeah. days. And I'm like, you can't fuck that, that shit. You know, yeah. you're, if, if, you, if I belong to a group of people that says that there are questions I shouldn't ask, I don't want anything to do with that. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's like such a, like it's a, it's, it, it's, it's super complicated, I think, to really get to the heart of it mm-hmm. because what I hear, who I hear from all the time are the extremes. Yeah. The fuck you and the you don't have a right to say anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, you're, you're exercising your white privilege, your male privilege, your hetero privilege, your, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, I was going to say whether I am or not, but mm-hmm. really what it comes down to is whether I know I am or not, you know? <laughs> um, whether it's clear that I am or not, it's still just, those are the two extremes. Right. Um, and it's like, I'm, I'm just like, where is the, where is the space that's where we are oh god this is and this is a this is exposing my um my ignorance here actually and i i'm going to i'm going to just own it that it that it is an ignorant position i mean what i was going to say was where is the space where all are welcome and we can just talk you know where there's just that 
Mm-hmm. There's that understanding that we're coming, we're approaching from all different walks of life, and and this space has all different walks of life represented, right? Yeah. Um, in in every possible way, where we can ask the hard questions, we can have grace for each other. You know, it, this isn't the this. I'm not talking about a space where you can demand your rights or, you know, demand to be heard or, or, you know, all that kind of stuff. But just where it's like, you know, this is a space where we can be open about this, talk about yeah. all this kind of stuff. And I, um, and I say that. And then as, as soon as I say that, somebody's going to call me on my privilege that, you know, that I actually think a space like that should be possible when it hasn't been possible for many people groups for, you know, <laughs> hasn't been possible for women, hasn't been possible for yeah. people of color, hasn't been possible for, you know, the LGBTQ community. It hasn't been, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever else. And I'm like, oh, okay, well then, you know, sure. You also were the one who thought that we could bring, you know, seven to 10 churches together to help kids in a community. I, know. I really do and have a fucking problem. No, 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 no. <laughs> what I what I'm saying is is that you have a strong desire to see people come to the same table um to do the right thing. And people just aren't capable of that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that you know, it's it's unfortunate, but I I it's probably why we end up in multiple cultures, you know, where this part of the world does things this way and this part does things over here this way. And, you know, um, I want to celebrate those differences. Um, I want to learn from them, but I have to be very, very careful that if I take any of them on, am I saying, hey, that was a really great thing I saw in that community or society. I want to implement that into my life. Yeah. Is that consumption and dishonoring of that culture? Or or does that honor that culture? Does that take what's good from them and move it to new spaces and, and let it grow and manifest? I, I don't really know. <laughs> um, I can get stuck in kind of a loop on that. Because uh, I have such an incredible appetite to see how the rest of the world does life. Yeah. Um, I want to. I want to know what I don't know. Um, I want to learn from all of us. So, um, but I'm far more cautious now in how what that looks like and how I do that than. Before I remember there was this one moment where, you know, we're on this trip in Africa for an embodied running retreat. And it was not like one of my mission trips, mission no. <laughs> trips where we're staying in on a concrete floor in some building and, you know, somehow feeling like that was holy or something. Serving I don't know. the Lord. Yeah. Um, this was truly a beautiful experience of... Um, some of the spaces in Tanzania that uh, are offered for tourists. Um, we stayed in amazing places. But there was this one day, I think it was our first run that we did together, and it was at the base of Kilimanjaro. 
and we were running with um, a man named Simon, who uh, who's um, kind of um, it would I think the equivalent would be sort of a a bed and breakfast um, experience that we would have here in America is what he had, and um, and it was just it was this beautiful kind of. Uh, the food was amazing. They grew all their own food. It was just like it was a coffee was, farm, wasn't it? Um, it was a little bit of both. It was a small coffee farm, but it, they also just grew everything themselves as self-sustaining. Ah. And um, and he has this great calling in his life to create sustainability for the for the people of Tanzania in uh, ecological ways. So he took us on this run throughout the surrounding uh, town and it's all dirt roads and it's, he took us up onto this, the top where we could look down at the, um, the community. And he said, you know, so many years ago, this didn't exist and people were not surviving here, but we brought in sustainable systems and now we, we have so many people coming and thriving here. We have a new problem, right? And uh, but as we're running through uh, the, the through the town, and he's leading us, and and then he's got a friend with him who is kind of taking up the back for people like me who are slower than everybody else. <laughs> make sure I don't get lost. Right. Um, he, you know, he leads us. He knows the people here. He's saying hi to them, but there's these six white girls and we are running because we came over to this country uh on a trip that cost us money that it, that because of our privilege we're able to do and we're running through their vigil a village and and i remember looking at carly and saying at one point does this feel strange like as much as it's beautiful to us do you feel strange being a white American running through this village. And she's like, absolutely. And she spent a lot of time there. It's just that that awareness right. that um, I am here in some capacity to consume, whether it's to consume the beauty, to consume the, the culture and the experience, to get to know who Tanzania is, um, I'm still consuming. So it's... Um, I just remember that moment very vividly because I didn't quite know what to do with it. My missionary background said, this might be violating something sure. because I don't want to be that again, right? And I'm not trying to change anyone. I'm not trying to put clothes on anyone. I'm not trying to convert anyone. Um, but it still is complex. Um, so... I want more experiences throughout the world. The things I learned from Simon and how he cared for his community and his story changed my life. Um, but I still walk away feeling like I went there, I took this story from Simon and I came back and it's changing my life. Like <laughs> I can dig myself into a really bad hole of can I just celebrate something good can I be in the moment and saying, say this is a good moment without dishonoring or without 
hurting someone? I don't know the answer yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Hmm. I didn't really get us anywhere. I don't, well, that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> the point isn't to, to get us somewhere necessarily. I mean, I, I think that happens at times and, but it's, uh, it's having the conversation. There's a lot more. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. this is a conversation that I think it's going to become more and more important, not less, you know, yeah. as people like try to say, Hey, where, where do I get to be human and not the sum of all my parts? Right. <laughs> Where I get to just, I get to be me and I get to, you know, and I'm like, yeah, there's, I mean, there's all of a sudden that's, you know, there's all kinds of flags there too. And because you can't get away from it. This is the part of, I think, systemic kind of exploration is that what you find out is how interconnected everything is and how seemingly overwhelmingly impossible it is to untangle mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> and that's why I say too, you know, and we, we said this too, at some point I, I like, I don't want to say this time is done. Now it's a new chapter. I don't want to say that, but I want to say, okay, in this process of untangling, looking back, recognizing problems, recognizing Things we did wrong, things we did right. I'm talking about humanity, um, you know, on and on and on. All those kinds of things. There still has to be this this thing that's got to be like like this drum beat in our head. But what now? Mm-hmm. But what now? You know, wh- how do we? I mean, if we're going to look at all this, how do we learn from it and become better? How do we become a more integrated and whole humanity? As opposed to, like right now, our exploration of all this has made us far more divided. You know? Okay, why? Well, I, I think it's because we haven't, we haven't had that drumbeat of the what now playing while we're going through all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so. so why don't we just go on the road with our mics? And we go ask people. What now? Maybe. No, not it, even just what now. Yeah. What, you know, who are you? How do I honor you? Yeah. You know, um, how do I honor your culture? Um, yeah. And immediately, the first thing that jumps to my mind is that would be a very privileged position for us to be able to hit the road and do this. And that's yeah, why I say... I understand that. That's why I say... I mean, I'm not... I just want to go find out. I want to learn. I, I agree. I, At some point yeah. in time, there's this whole thing. That's why the the what now has to become a part of our of our conversations, mm-hmm. or else we're gonna be we're gonna find that we're gonna become more and more bound up in recognition of the problems, and it's gonna create shame culture like mm-hmm. what exists in evangelical Christianity. Because there is no what now in evangelical Christianity. There yeah. is just wait. You know, Wait for the next. Deal with the bad, 
feel shame and regret and all that kind of stuff for it, guilt and all that, and then just wait. Don't don't fuck it up till you get to heaven, kind of thing. There is no what now, and that's at some point that we have to start integrating that into the conversations if we're not just going to sink into more and more secluded, mm-hmm. you know, separated, uh, divisive communities, each one of us shouting our own statements of, of what we think and, and we're going to have any hope of moving forward together. Um, you know, there is one company that I think might be on to how to do this. It's NAS Daily. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah. And um, Nasir has took on a mission to, for one year, to go all over the world and record a story in one minute. And and every day release a story one minute long about yeah. a human somewhere in the world. Yeah. And that turned into this massive exploration of the world for yeah. him. And... He's now hiring, he's got 120 employees. Um, he went from just him <laughs> yeah. to now, um, in a couple of years, he's at 120 employees. He's based out of Dubai, but he has um, places throughout different parts of the world where his staff um, work. And they make these stories of humans. They tell stories of humans. Yeah, he's and cultivating storytellers. Yeah, he, he is. But but what he's also doing is he's breaking down borders. Yeah. For him, he's based in Dubai right now, but there is no real home for him specifically. He's all over all the time, right? Um, growing through these um, stories, and I'm absolutely fascinated watching them because one, they're quick; you don't need much attention. Sure. But uh, they give me a glimpse of who humans throughout the world are and oftentimes change some pre-assumed idea I had of that particular culture. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'll be really curious to see where he goes. He has a mission to hire a thousand employees and all over the world, um, which means multicultural um, business, um, telling stories. Yeah. And this could be a really fascinating thing because he's not asking the question, how can I honor you? He's saying, tell your story. Therefore I honor you. Yeah. Um, so maybe we need to go work for him. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll go do that (laughs) for a period of time. I don't think I have any skill sets he needs. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of telling stories though, you have somebody coming in that you're going to be talking to uh, for your connected podcast here pretty soon. Yeah, so we should wrap up. Yeah. 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 I do have some exciting things coming up and I'm just going to pitch myself here. Let's do it. Um, that uh, on November 16th, I'm hosting a Facebook live for a uh, about 45 minutes um, masterclass on boundaries. Because yeah. I know how hard it is to walk into the holiday season and understand how we navigate complicated relational situations. So yeah. 
This is, um, we're going to talk about the five myths of boundaries. Um, and then um, a little bit after that, I'm also going to be hosting a master class. This is a paid one where my master, or I'm sorry, the master class, the live event on Facebook is free. The uh, master course is four weeks long and it is a paid um, program that goes in a deeper dive into boundaries. Um, it's called Boundaries for Thriving. So we can live a thriving life rather than nice. a surviving <laughs> life, right? So these are two things that um, that I'm working on um, most recently. And um, I'm going to drop in the show notes a link to that free um, uh, masterclass in case anybody wants to come and it can support your holidays. I'd love to see you there. Yeah, awesome. that's my pitch. And I guess that means officially Jessica Travis Life Coaching has now sponsored Sacred yes. Spaces. <laughs> we have sponsors. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Um, awesome. Yeah. Good conversation today. Yeah. Um, you know, don't don't need to land anywhere. Just, yeah. uh, you know, have the conversations. Wake up. Yeah start to see new things, all that kind of stuff. So I will say this. I'm also telling <laughs> or letting people tell some amazing stories on the connected podcast. You are. Yeah. And this most recent one I found to be incredibly profound. Um, just in, uh, another one of the stories coming out of, from out of evangelical Christianity and, yeah. um, and what that looks like. Um, but, um, there are, Stories of people that are not like you, like me, like so-and-so. They're telling their stories and it allows us an opportunity to connect and say there are a lot of things we're alike on, but also to grow our understanding and empathy in the areas in which we're not alike. It's not a Lenses podcast, but it is stories of beautiful, powerful, inspiring women. Yeah. And that's a start too. Yeah, it is. No, it's it, it totally is. Totally is. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap. Okay. All right. We'll mm -hmm. see you next week.